0: And Denver Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett's coaching debut in the preseason on Saturday. He was very impressive in one category the Broncos have been lacking in the last couple of years, and that is game management. Plus, are the Broncos special teams' woes resolved with Dwayne Stooks? And do they have a solution at the return position for the foreseeable future? We believe so, and we'll tell you why here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your
1: team, every day.
0: What's up, Broncos country? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown podcast. Network your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day on your favorite audio podcasting platform or whether you're watching on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content coverage, and more every single day. All year long from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Senior Broncos Analyst and Reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my good friend, Sarah Bedinger, expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, you know what? We're leading up to a lot of things here this week. The Broncos preparing for their second preseason game and I do want to apologize to Broncos fans made a little mistake in our previous episode on Monday's episode I said the deadline was going to be 4 p.m. Eastern time Monday I was wrong the roster cut down day from 90 to 85 is Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time so Sarah and I we're going to have you covered with all the roster cut news that does happen as the Broncos have to trim from 90 to 85 but with that said Sarah uh, you know going to Nathaniel Hackett uh, you know we thought it was a very impressive head coaching debut being up there in the box I was talking with other media members we are watching the end of the Of first half for this Broncos team against the Cowboys, and we're like, "Wow!" He called a timeout. He used his timeouts like the Broncos' clock management, game management. I felt like from Nathaniel Hackett in his head coaching debut. I felt like it was very impressive
1: yeah and I think what's important to realize about this is that Nathaniel Hackett is the primary offensive play caller for the Denver Broncos right so because of that during that defensive series where Baron Browning had the big sack Nathaniel Hackett wasn't over on the sideline or anything trying to kind of figure out all right what are we going to do if we get the ball back and and focusing on that aspect of things he's focusing on the defense still while trying to like we talked about uh, after the game stealing a possession And really being intentional about finding a way to get the offense the ball back instead of focusing on what could happen or what they were planning on potentially doing if they got the ball back. So I think that was really great to see, even though it's a preseason game. I mean, like we've talked about you're evaluating things you're evaluating everybody you're evaluating situations you're evaluating individual performances for Nathaniel Hackett I think just that it's a, it seems like such a small thing right it seems like such a almost trivial thing maybe for fans listening to this who didn't realize that Vic Fangio was doing these kinds of things when he was the head coach just, and I find that hard to believe frankly but Vic Fangio really struggled in the area of game management clock management really just seemingly not even it wasn't even conservative in my opinion it was more so like we are we're gonna play basically like punting on third down is kind of what it felt like in a lot of these situations and so I think definitely to see Nathaniel Hackett be aggressive steal a possession it was fun to watch honestly His win and his head
0: coaching debut makes him the seventh Broncos head coach to win their preseason debut as the Broncos' main guy here. But you know, I think the attention to detail was very good by Hackett because you know, Sarah seemed like with Vic Fangio, and we have yet to see a situation where the Broncos have to challenge a play. I think that's still you know going to be left to be determined by Broncos country when the Broncos have a situation. Should they challenge a play? Because Vic Fangio would challenge everything, and you're like, why did he challenge that? A lot of that's the guy up in the box. That's changed for the Broncos this year. We'll see if that's a you know, a better track record here for Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, But outside of that, too, I would just say the thing is just, you mentioned it, being tuned into what's going on in the game. Vic seemed like he was more concerned about the defense. He's like, all right, hey, Pat Shermer's going to handle the offense. I'm not going to do anything on the offensive side of the ball. Pat's going to do that. He said, I'm just going to focus on the defense. And there were times where Vic would never use a timeout towards the end of the half. And he's like, yeah, we didn't need to. But, you know, Nathaniel Hackett demonstrated why that's so important because the defense, Baron Brown and those guys making a play, you're like, okay, hey, you know what? we can actually get another chance to get points. And so I like that. Not to mention the aggressiveness for Nathaniel Hackett to go for it on fourth down the three times that he did. I asked him after the game and he said, you know, for me, he said, it's just you know, we know that Brandon McManus can kick field goals, but we want to put ourselves in situations to where we can try some of these things out. We can see if it's fourth and short and we're in a position to score, why not try to get seven points instead of three? Vic Fangio would have elected to kick the field goal every single time. So I I do like the approach that Nathaniel Hackett has brought to this Denver Broncos team and I think that so far after week one of the NFL preseason we can't just crown it just yet but I think he's off to a great start and I think that's all that Broncos country is asking for and we just got some breaking news while we're recording this episode locked on Broncos here for everybody in Broncos country the Broncos have made a move at the inside linebacker position they are signing veteran inside backer Joe Schobert. obviously he was in just a couple of weeks ago for a visit during training camp but with the injury to Jonas Griffith it is now official according to our good friend Ian Rapp Report at rap sheet on the NFL network. You know, really, sir, kind of Joe Schobert's news right here, kind of sabotaging our Nathaniel Hackett segment here. You know, your quick thoughts on uh, obviously the addition there. The Broncos need bodies at this point in time. And with Jonas Griffith's injury, you know, four to six weeks, the timeline. Maybe he sticks on. Maybe he's just a guy that's going to kind of fill the void a little bit until Jonas
1: Griffith returns. Well, I think it's exactly what we talked about before. You really can't just bring in a, a camp body when you lose a, an important starter like Jonas Griffith. And I think that just even as well as Alex Singleton and, and Justin Cernod played in the preseason game, you got to have somebody out there who's got some regular season experience that can play for you and and doesn't really need a lot of time in the playbook to be able to go out there and play. Like Joe Schobert, he's a very smart Smart player. He's basically averages 120 tackles a year or something like that. So oh, man. he understands how to go play the game and he understands what to do out there. He'll be able to quickly communicate with Josie Jewell and those type of things. I'm not saying, and don't get me wrong here, I'm not saying he's going to immediately be thrust into the starting lineup, but what I'm saying is that he could do that if need be. So I like this. It's it's not the typical move that we've been seeing from George Payton in recent weeks here where he's kind of just addressing with, oh, we're going to bring in a, a camp body here instead of bringing and a proven veteran guy, this is an important position. He understands it, and he didn't have the depth there to begin with. So I think Joe Schobert, it's a great signing for the Broncos.
0: Oh, we just get some more good breaking news here while recording today's episode Locked On Broncos. According to our good friend Mike Kliss, Randy Gregory has been activated off of the PUP list. will still be limited, but he's going to return to the field, which is a good sign, you know, ahead of the week one matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. So, Broncos country, Joe Schobert now added as an inside linebacker. Randy Gregory returns to the practice field. What more can you ask for? That's a lot of good news on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. And Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. You know what else Broncos fans have been asking for? Really good special teams play from their unit. Did they get that in week one of the NFL preseason? We talk about why the special teams unit stood out. And then we'll also talk about a key return, guys. Well, coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a good friends over there at Athletic Greens. With AG1 and one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients – help support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, and all of those things. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water Every single day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and they're recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The Broncos special teams, unit you know, over the last couple of years has been a sore subject in the eyes of many in Broncos country, but could they be on the mend towards having a very solid special teams unit? We're going to tell you why we're confident in the Broncos special teams group after their week one preseason win against the Dallas Cowboys. But thank you so much Broncos country for tuning in making lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day on your favorite audio podcasting platform, whether you're watching us on YouTube. Thank you so much. taking time out of your day to listen to us talk all things Denver Broncos football, get involved in the conversation. Comment on our YouTube video down below. We love interacting with everybody in Broncos country. Sarah, let's talk about special teams here, my friend. And and look, this has been a unit for the last three or so years. There's just been very underwhelming for this Broncos team. It's been a detriment to them in terms of starting field position. Uh, Plays given up. I mean, guys returning punts and kicks for touchdowns. It just seems like. There has not been a consistent factor there. And I can tell you this, new special teams coordinator, Dwayne Stukes. I've been watching him every day in training camp. He is an intense dude, and he's not going to let guys fly with just the bare minimum. He holds dudes accountable. They restart stuff if there's a mess up. And I think just watching the Cowboys game, especially on the return factor, which we'll talk about Montreal maybe being that guy long-term for the Broncos, I I tell you what, I, I was very impressed with the discipline that the Broncos special teams guys had, especially when it comes to setting up the return lanes and and being disciplined to shield guys off at the hip rather than pushing a guy in the back. They use the hip shield and they protect themselves to set up a return lane. I was impressed with special teams for the Broncos in Saturday's win against the Cowboys. How did you feel about the performance?
1: I was very excited about it. I was most excited I think to, you know, see Montreal Washington returning punts and to not see a yellow flag, you know, chasing him from behind. That's kind of what I've gotten used to over the last couple of years. Anytime there was a decent return, it felt like there was some laundry to go along with it because the Broncos just struggle with that. I mean, I don't know who led the league in special teams penalties, but I would guess the Broncos were up there among the among the the best or worst in that category. So, that was really nice to see. I think just the kick coverage, you know, we talked about the fact that they want to really intentionally get the kickoff coverage some opportunities and and Brandon McManus keeping the ball in play, allowing the Cowboys to return the kicks and the Broncos coverage to get down there. It seemed like they were doing some directional stuff, which was really, really good. And it felt like the Broncos had a lot of advantages in terms of the numbers on their side of the field that they would kick the ball to. So I noticed, I mean, I noticed Andrew Beck getting down there a number of times really quickly. So I think that there's There's a lot of players on the special teams that are hungry to prove that this can be a really good unit. And there's a lot of guys that, hey, they could make the roster because of their ability on kickoff or punt coverage. So to me, I think those were the biggest things that stood out. No mistakes, no no really big returns for the Cowboys or anything like that. A couple of missed tackles, but I think that's that's not indicative really of your coverage, right? I mean, if your coverage is good, it's one thing. If you're missing tackles, it's another thing. So I think that if the coverage is bad and the Cowboys had this really well blocked and they knew what you were, I mean, it's scheme, right? It's everything has to do with scheme and Dwayne Stokes, I, I think he's got these guys on the right path. So, it, again, it's one preseason game. But at the same time, I mean, you're taking away these little nuggets here and there, these pieces that you can actually evaluate. And I think we saw a lot better from the special teams in this game, it, even in the preseason last year. I remember we were still laughing about the fact that Tom McMahon's unit was so inept. So I know that it wasn't just into the regular season that we were talking about it. It was extending all the way to the preseason. I mean, it took a
0: step in the right direction for this Broncos team, and, and you nailed it perfectly. I, I felt like the kick coverage was disciplined. You mentioned the directional kicking from the kickoff game. They they want to see if their guys can go down there and do what they've been coached to do in training camp, and that's just stay in your lane. Don't be overly aggressive, and I felt like last year, Tom McMahon's like, all right, we're going to kick to the right, but you know what, guys? Make sure you close down, get there aggressively, and guys would abandon their, their kicking lanes, their coverage lanes that they were supposed to, because they really just the message was go down there and make a play, rather then stay disciplined. Special teams is one of the most important aspects of representing how important the team element of this game really is, Sarah. And it's because you can have 10 guys doing their job, but if one guy gets out of his lane, it could impact the outcome in a negative way for the team. And it seems like Dwayne Stooks and his assistant coaches on special teams have been really harping on staying in your lane, stay disciplined, do your job, which I know it's all the cliches that we've thrown out here on this podcast before, but it's, it's simple. It's the reality of how things are. Are here in the National Football League, but there's also another competition going on here on the special team side of the ball and that is the punter competition between Sam Martin, the Wiley veteran and Corliss Waitman. And I felt like in the preseason action, we saw some really good plays by both of those guys in terms of pinning the Cowboys into, you know, certain uh, adv- advantageous field positions for the Broncos defensively. And, and there's also some other things too. So when the Broncos, and I've noticed this, if they're close to like the 50 yard line or a little bit behind behind that one, Sarah, and if they have to punt the football, they're going to sky punt it. They're not going to try to punt it as far as they can, but they're just going to pooch punt it because they believe that they can get the altitude on the ball to kind of curve down. And even if it lands at like, let's say the 20, they believe in the way that they're doing it with their technique that they're coached on, the ball's bouncing on the 20 and then it's spinning and it's going backwards. So it's going towards the pylon. So it's not going to bounce, hit the 20 and then roll backwards to the 30 with the things you don't want to see happen in a punt return game but they're really kind of angling it to where it lands and then it bounces backwards towards the line to go out of bounds to pin guys deep and that's something i've seen those guys practicing every single day so it's all about who's going to be the most consistent but you know sarah initially in your opinion between sam martin between corliss waitman how do you feel like they did in that first preseason game? Do you feel like one guy may have the advantage over the other?
1: You know, I am not a hundred percent sure. I'm not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly like what trajectory they're trying to kick out or these different things. But I think you know, just the eye test, it looked like both guys had a good performance in this game. Each one of them got one inside the twenty. I felt like you know what we had heard in training camp was that Corliss Waitman. It sounds like maybe he was a little less consistent than Sam Martin in the in the punting game. But I feel like in this game both guys did a really good job Sam Martin had one over 50 and and like I said both guys had one inside the 20 and that's what you're looking for I remember Corliss Waitman had the the one punt that I really uh, stands out in my mind was one from Corliss Waitman actually where he kind of pinned the Cowboys inside their 15 so to me I feel like you've got you got two guys that are showing some things and teams need good punters so like this could be one of those situations where I feel like if your general manager George Payton I mean, this could be some big brain thinking from from George Payton here. I mean, you may not get anything for a punter, but I I think every year for the last handful of years, either a punter or a kicker has been traded to another team. So, I mean, if, if you, your guy puts something out there that you want to say, okay, we feel comfortable with – Corliss Waitman or we feel really comfortable with Sam Martin and the Broncos feel good about both guys and another team says the same thing I mean maybe you could get something if another team is far enough down on waivers that they don't think that they could get them
0: it's a good point to make there and now I kind of want to transition to the kicking game with Brandon McManus and you know Sarah I, I don't know how I feel about this you know McManus as we know I think anywhere between the you know 20 30 40 to 49 yards I think Brandon McManus is consistently good but From 50-plus, that's really where we've seen McManus struggle now. He missed the 57-yard field goal wide right in that game, but there was the offsides penalty that allowed them to move it up to 52, and then he nailed it perfectly. I I feel like just watching it, and and this is just maybe my observation, and I could be totally wrong on it, but I just feel like with the Broncos, with Brandon McManus, if they have to kick a long field goal, let's say then they have a chance to to maybe move the ball up closer, or if they have a chance to go for it on fourth down, if they're facing a 50-plus-yard situation, I feel like we'll see the Broncos go for it because they're still trying to figure each other out. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, Brandon McManus, they're still trying to get that feel for one another. It just seems like what we saw in Saturday's win against the Cowboys, Hackett's like, hey, you know what? Let's go for it. It's fourth and short. Let's do it. And are you going to tell a guy like Russell Wilson, hey, you know what? We're just going to kick the field goal here. It's 52 yards, but, you know, it's fourth and three. So do you think you can get it? Do you think you can't get it? Russ is going to be like, coach, give me the ball. And he's going to probably throw a deep ball 20 plus yards downfield on fourth and three because we've seen him do that. And, and Ma, you know, it's Cortland Sutton and Moss defensive backs along the way. For me, I, I just, I don't know. I, I am a little worried about McManus from long, long range. I just feel like every time he's been in a position and there's been times where even Vic Fangio gave him a chance to kick a really long field goal. He didn't come anywhere close to it. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. How are you feeling about Brandon McManus potentially from long range?
1: I kind of feel the exact same way. I mean, to get the mulligan in that game, I think everybody was just kind of, all right, out of sight, out of mind, sort of deal with that 57 yarder that he did miss. But I I mean, definitely, I hope we get some more opportunities. I know that the, the strategy and the thought on fourth downs is like well we we kind of know what Brandon McManus brings to the table but i kind of do hope over the course of the rest of these these two preseason games that the broncos have that they'll get an opportunity to get him more opportunities from 55 or further out there maybe just maybe just a handful of kicks out there just to see i mean to see some consistency there or to see whether consistently he's missing them because they obviously yeah. know from practice whether he's consistently making them or missing them but when the lights are on when there's fans in the stands and when elements. I mean, that just changes things dramatically. And I agree with you completely, Cody. I think this decision boils down to something very, very simple. Do you trust Brandon McManus more to make a 55 yard field goal or longer? Or do you trust Russell Wilson to get you even up to 10 yards? I mean, if it's fourth and 10, I mean, what are you going with? I think you're probably kicking a field goal at fourth and 10, but anything up to 10, I feel like, are you trusting Russell Wilson more to get you those nine, eight, nine, ten yards to get a first down? Yeah. Exactly. So that's where I'm at with it. I think that's a fair point in Broncos
0: Country. We are eager for your thoughts down below as well. But coming up here in just a moment, we're going to highlight the returner element for those Broncos he kick return, punt return. It appears that the Broncos have their guy in Montreal, Washington. We talk about his impressive debut in the return game from Saturday's action coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Elias Digital solutions. And it's almost the start of the NFL season. And you know, I love this time of the year. Sarah loves this time of the year. And I bet you love this time of the year. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. And that's why I highly recommend the Elias game plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. And Elias game plan is the only sports app for the most trusted name in sports stats. The Elias sports bureau, the official statisticians of the U S pro sports leagues, including the NFL, and their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head comparisons, and Elias insights from the Elias Sports Bureau's research team. This app really is your one-stop source for player news and league-validated player stats and team records. Take my advice, download the Elias Game Plan app today, and with new features available all the time, take your game to the next level. The NFL season is right around the corner, so don't wait. Find Elias Game Plan in the App Store or Play Store today. And our good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. You know me. I love the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, which is one of the new flavors released at Built Bar. So I want to make sure that you get a chance to try that out as well because they're light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, not to mention the bar contains 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. And I want you and your family to get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to Built.com. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON15. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON15 will get you 15% off your next order at Built. Com. All right, Sarah, continue on here in the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Montreal, Washington had a seemingly impressive debut in the return game, but is he the long-term solution at the position? Thank you once again, Broncos Country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day in our favorite podcast and provider. Or whether you're watching on YouTube, we love all the interactions, so comment, like, subscribe, hit that notification so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content coverage, and more. Sarah, I initially came away from Saturday's game watching Montreal, Washington in warm-ups, have yet to see him drop a punt, have yet to see him really drop a catch throughout training camp when he's been involved on in the offensive side of the ball. And I feel like on Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys, he kind of proved that, hey, you know what? He is the clear-cut why, a kick returner one, punt returner one, and behind him, it's not even close.
1: I completely agree with you, Cody. I feel like watching him return punts, it was kind of like back in, you know, grade school or whatever, when somebody would just chuck the ball from one end of the playground and you would catch it and be like, all your dreams came true in that moment. It's like, where do I want to go with the ball? I can go anywhere. That's kind of how I feel like he returns punts. He just, he feels like he can do anything with the ball in his hands. And I think he can, I mean, he's just such a natural, and that's exactly what you want at the punt return position. I mean, somebody who's out there, who, I mean, he he's a professional punt and kickoff returner, I feel like, and we haven't even got a chance to see him return a kickoff, but obviously at the college level, I feel like he showed that he could do all of these different things, and as a punt returner, man, I mean, just with bodies bearing down and guys coming at you, running full speed, just kind of having that plan in your head, you can tell just a natural versus somebody who's doing it just because they're fast or just because they have, you know, the ability to go out there and catch the punts, He's a true punt returner where he can go out there and be instinctive. He's got such good vision. He understand, He can break tackles even though he's not the biggest guy out there on the field. I mean, he's just so slippery and so quick and so natural at it. I think that's exactly what stood out to me on his two big returns. Well, he had a
0: return of eighteen yards on his first return, and then he had a twenty seven yarder where we all thought he was gonna break it down, you know, up the left sideline there. Some good blocking, good field position. But this is really what the Broncos need. They need a guy who can return punts and flip the field position like that from the uh, from the offensive standpoint. Because how many times have we just seen guys fair catch it? You know, inside the 20. So the Broncos start off on maybe the nineteen, maybe on their own 10 yard line. Sometimes, you know, they they misjudge a punt and then it lands and bounces at the one yard line. Okay, now you have to go nine. yards that was what I'd say we could summarize the return game under the Tom McMahon era but this was a good start for the Broncos rookie now with that he had 45 total yards as a returner which is the second most punt return yards by a Bronco in a preseason game since 2014 behind Isaiah McKenzie who had a punt return of 78 yards against the Minnesota Vikings in 2018 in Denver but the things that stood out about him he catches the ball and he's it immediately uh, analyzing is, you know, if I'm returning left is my left lane. Is that occupied by a guy who's the gunner? Did that guy get downfield? What about the long snapper who's coming to the middle to try to shield me off? Where is my return lane going to set up? He'll make a move. Like it, let's say it's return left. He'll field it. He'll get up. A- Field vertically, he'll turn right a little bit and then he'll cut back to the left side. He's got vision to him. He's got this speed to him that I think will make him dynamic. He was dynamic in college at Samford University with the return game, but we saw on in Saturday's game. He can be that guy. And and I think that he is the clear cut punt returner, kick return one for this Denver Broncos team. And then I think you have a guy behind him and Kendall Hinton, who's really gonna be that guy who is just gonna come in and catch it and maybe return things. I do think that there is value with Montreal being that kick return guy because He can impact the Broncos, even if he doesn't get a lot of reps on the offensive side of the ball here in 2022, which I imagine he'll get some reps, he'll get sprinkled in a little bit, but he can have a really big impact on special teams, which I think will be a bonus for this Broncos team. And I'd be willing to bet right now he at least has one return touchdown here in 2022. Are you with me on that
1: one? I'm with you on that one. I want to see it. I want to see it happen. I can't wait for him to get more and more opportunities. And I think, you know, just in in the spirit of this discussion here, I would love to see Jalen Virgil get some opportunities in the kickoff return game as well as dynamic as Montreal, Washington was in college as a punt returner. I mean, Jalen Virgil was just as dynamic as a kickoff returner. He averaged over 30 yards per kickoff return at the college level. I kind of thought it was a little bush league, and maybe I'm wrong about this. So I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. I thought it was a little bush league. The Cowboys didn't give him a chance to return. <laughs> maybe their strategy is not the same as the Broncos trying to get their kickoff coverage, some reps out there. But, you know, I didn't really like that a lot. We'll see if that changes in Buffalo. I don't know if Matt is Matt Areza even capable of kicking it in the stadium. He might kick it out of the stadium the entire game game in Buffalo but I think for sure I want to see Jalen Virgil get some opportunities to show maybe let's say let's just hypothetically he sneaks onto the practice squad you call him up for a couple games throughout the season and have him return some kicks for you that would be kind of a fun thing to see for the Denver Broncos just get him out there get him some opportunities that's what I want to see but right now Montreal Washington he's number one and he's not soon to be replaced
0: Boom. There you have it from Sarah Bettinger. We're with you on that one. We'll see if the Broncos can set up some decent returns in week two of the NFL preseason against the Buffalo Bills. Yes, Matt Areza had an 82-yard punt in the preseason opener for the Bills, which was unbelievable. The leg that that dude has there, absolutely great display. And I think it'll be a good challenge for the Broncos returners in terms of tracking a football that goes up, I think, a lot higher than most punters do. It's going to be a really good challenge, and I can't wait to see how they answer the bell. Well, Broncos country. That'll wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, your favorite podcasting provider here on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe with that follow button if you have not done so already, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. The Broncos will be forced to make roster cuts by 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday from 90 to 85, which five players didn't make the cut. You can get that recap on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, courtesy of Sarah Bettinger and myself.